0: Welcome to Cottonmouth Manchester, a podcast brought to you by Citico, the city centre management company for Manchester and Salford. I'm Vaughan Allen from Citico, and I'm here at home, the cinema, theatre and art space in First Street that only weeks ago celebrated its second birthday. I'm with Dave Moutry, the chief exec and director of home. Dave's been a fixture on the cultural scene in Manchester for over 30 years now. Blimey, first at Abraham, that wasn't rehearsed at all, (laughs) But first at Abraham Moss Theatre, then at Arts About Manchester, before taking over the Corner House, which eventually merged with the Library Theatre Company and emerged into the new home. So let's go back three, four years, whatever it is, Dave. What was the
1: thinking behind the new centre? Why Why the move on from the Corner House? When I was appointed in 97 to run Corner House, I was briefed to uh, redevelop on the site because we realised the building itself had got a limited lifespan um, and uh, it needed investment. But the problem was that property values adjacent to Oxford Road were particularly high, and the, the chances of us being able to um, uh, realise that project got more and more difficult as city centre property prices went up. Um, and so we were we were really struggling making that, that project work. Um But we made some changes to Cornhouse and actually we became more successful on the site we were on. Uh, The problem was the more successful we became, the worse the visitor experience became because people were queuing up outside, uh, the toilets wouldn't work properly all the time and that sort of thing. So we had a a problem. So we'd been looking to relocate somewhere um, uh, so we could uh, basically... Expand our uh, our business to be more uh, business you know, more sustainable as a business, uh, improve the uh, the offer for uh, artists and audiences, um, and 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 really find some way was just more workable. Um, so an offer came out of the blue, really, uh, uh, from Sir Howard. Bernstein. Um, well, it, was not, it wasn't an offer. It was a c- phone call, in, initially, um, about working with some property developers who were trying to redevelop down on First Street, and which is the way Howard likes to do business. I like to do business. Indeed, yeah. It was a phone call one Wednesday evening. One, one Wednesday evening, um, uh, and and um, Linda in Howard's office uh, rang up and said Howard wants to see you at half past eight tomorrow morning. So you sort of turn up, don't you? Um, but I was thinking, what have I done wrong? <laughs> I was expecting to get in trouble for something, um, uh, but. Well, you know, When he found out that we'd got a footfall at Corner House of 500,000 visits a year, um, uh, he knew that we would be uh, an attractive proposition for a property developer who were asked, asked uh, developments um, uh, in order to help create a new place. So the, the whole conversation started from there. And as the
0: scheme progressed, um, the merger with the Library Theatre came along, so you didn't do that here when the building opened yeah. that had already taken place. So how did that go? Because obviously you both had a long history, you'd been around mm-hmm. for a long time, uh, you'd known about each other. Mm-hmm. Um, how did that process work?
1: Well, I mean, the, the idea for the um, for, for the merger uh, originally came about, because I've been talking a few years before this project happened with Chris Horner and, and Adrian Morgan from the Library Theatre Company about coming together on the Oxford Road site, which is now Circle Square. Um, we, uh, we 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 backed the wrong developers at the time. Um, Everything under development in the city, as usual. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but we um, uh, we talked about that, and we uh, we realised that, uh, that, that there were commercial imperatives, but more more than anything, there was an artistic opportunity because artists tend to work across different art forms these days and are not necessarily buttonholed into one particular type of uh, of art. So um, the uh, when when we when the project got green lit. Um, and the idea of bringing the two companies together um, happened originally. I mean, the first conversation was from Howard, would you be interested in sharing a building? I said, no, I'm interested in bringing the two organisations together to create a new organisation that worked across art forms and was much more contemporary. And he got that straight away. So so the idea was, was driven artistically, which meant that when we were bringing the two companies together, um, uh, through the through the merger process, um, which which is it, 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 because the library theatre company were a department of the city council, it was much more of a business outsourcing uh, thing. Um, we were um, we we were able to uh, work through that actually quite easily. As mergers go, um, my understanding it was very painless. It felt painless at the time because we'd all bought into a set of artistic principles that were behind the thing itself. And um, the other thing is that. Um, a lot of people think mergers save money. Well, uh, within arts organisations, like many places, we run lean businesses. So there wasn't a great deal of fat to lose. Um, in fact, there wasn't any. So you know, there were no job losses on the back of the merger. So that also makes things easier as well. Um, uh, it was a, an interesting process, and I, I learned a huge amount. Um, uh, uh, one thing I did learn is how important lawyers are. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah I wanted to talk about the process of the build for those listening if you haven't guessed already we are actually in the cafe at home which uh, accounts for the background noise uh, lots of people enjoying themselves on a, on a sunny Wednesday evening um, so as that process went on you always start in these uh, as we both worked on large cultural capital projects in the past uh, you always start with a good budget that budget gets whittled down and whittled down and whittled down um, how did you deal with the compromises uh, have you ended up with the building that you wanted
1: and uh, you planned for in the beginning? Um, I think. Well, oh, blame me. The complicated question. The, the 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 first thing is we always knew what the budget was. Um, uh, the um, the the council were the clients, so they were building this building um, on our behalf. Um, so you know, they worked to our brief, but the conversation was always very clear. This is the budget and the budget was 25 million. So the city put 19 million in, which is what they had, and they said, there is no more, that's it. Um, there was concentrates th- minds wonderfully. Absolutely, there was, there was five million from the Arts Council, which, which, we, uh, which was a good grant at the time, and we raised a million pounds ourselves from donors, trusts and foundations. That was the budget. And overspending was never an option. Uh, and all the way through the design process and, and the construction process, um, everybody was very clear with the architects and with the contractors building the place that that was the budget, end of story. So it didn't matter where we might have gone with the design process, um, uh, That we always knew that we'd have to make difficult decisions about what was in and what was out. Um, but having got that brief at the beginning, the architects and the, and the design team were very smart. They, they actually looked at what, the, what were the key things, what were the important things that we needed um, uh, to present good work because part of the brief was saying that we want to be a people place not a cultural palace so uh, you know at the time a lot of people me say, we, we you won't have gold floors and uh, sorry gold taps and terrazzo floors gold floors even well this isn't trump tower um so <laughs> we we won't have had, we won't have those sort of things here it's going to be very simple materials uh, uh, concrete wood and steel um the main thing is, though, that it, it it's a good place to see out, and it's a comfortable place to happen. And you know, I mean, we we were in, uh, we're still in uh, in in an austere, uh, you know, period of austerity. There's still not loads of money around, so we've got to be, we've got to be sensible about the way we deal with this. So, um, what happened was that uh, that, as well as making the place suitable for the work, um, we also thought, what do we need now that will be very very difficult to put in after we built? Uh, so things like networks the the IT network the networks for um, for making the work we we, th- we thought we put everything in that we needed on the basis that if we haven't got what we needed to hang on the end of that that's easier to add afterwards than add the network itself so there a lot of those sort of decisions went on and um, in the first year for example we hardly used theatre two because we didn't have any seats we didn't have any money for seats in in, in theatre two in, in year one but uh, um, the Garfield Western Foundation came in with a really substantial grant in, in, you know, halfway through year one that meant that in year two we could open theatre two. So it was, it was those sort of decisions, but the brief was dead clear from the city. There is no more money, don't even think about asking.
0: So part of that job as you're building then is, when you're putting in networks and so on, to make sure that you're not going back in five, six years and looking for another major capital
1: project. Um, absolutely, because we won't get it. It's just not there. Um, how do you describe home? How do I ascribe home? Blimey. Um, I, I, I describe it as a, a, a contemporary art centre that produces mixed work. Um,
0: I, th- I, li- I like the term art centre. I mean, it always brings to mind um, the buildings that still are sustained in market towns up and down the country, that put on theatre and usually have cinema, but actually the importance of them as community spaces is, is vital. And I guess the Corner House was a massive um, community space, particularly for the student population going up and down Oxford Road. And that was one of the risks, yeah. always moving away from that area was, are you going to get that passing trade, are your co- commercial activities going to be supported, are the bar and cafe going to be supported and so on. Um, do you think two years on, I mean, how have the public responded generally, but but have you built the sort of community, I'll meet you at the corner house, I'll meet you at home, that you used to have there?
1: Well, the, the, the audience response has been beyond anything we could have ever expected. Um, in the run-up to opening, I had plenty of four o'clock in the morning moments, thinking, "Oh my God, what have I done? Um, will anybody come? Will anybody come?" Um, because there were plenty of people out there saying, "No, they won't," because um, it's n- it's a non area. Um, and but the thing is that w- that actually. That underestimates the people of Manchester. Really, <laughs> um, they, they um, uh, pe- people are up for um, experiment. They're up for trying new things out. But more than anything, they give you the benefit of the doubt. So if if we got the if if we got the product right and the people right in the place, which we we work very hard to do, cause it was the same people coming down the road. Um, then when you we'd get you know people would come. So first year um, a million visits. Two years on, we've almost reached two million visits. Uh, people have turned up. Um, there are aspects of what we do where we've had to build a new audience for, um, a theatre particularly, because we'd sort of lost touch with them a bit by not doing as many shows after moving out the library theatre and, and that sort of thing. But um, on the whole, it's been very good. And as you've seen outside, people are sat outside in, in the sun um, waiting for the weather to break and enjoying themselves. Um, waiting for thunderstorms at this, uh, this very moment. I think so, yeah, yeah. But it, 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 the, the response has been fantastic, much better than we'd ever hoped. Now, there, are st- there will be people out there who, who, who say, where? Um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm reminded of the fact that 30 years after opening, I used to get in taxis in Manchester and asked to go to Cornhouse, and they say, where's that? Um, you know, so yeah. which, is, which is all the way, uh, and
0: it is a constant frustration with Manchester Central that people still refer to it as GMEX, and I think that's been changed for about 15 years 15 now. 15 years, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, th- I think, I, I guess, that there has been a sort of virtuous circle down at First Street as well. In that, as you came up, um, which encouraged people to come and visit First Street, obviously, we had a number of commercial office tenants coming in to bring a, a mm-hmm. auto trader, Gazprom, and various other people going to the office. Plots. Got a number of new restaurants you got in uh, by, inside by Melia as well. So, really nice hotels. So, it's, it's that combination of all these things that will bring people down here in a way that when you committed to it, there was nothing except for one office block at that
1: point. Yeah, indeed, um, uh, that was a big thing. Uh, but the the developers and the city were convinced um, that people would come on the back of us being here, um, and and that proved to be the case. Um, and um, the really exciting thing now is that for, uh, certainly in the first phase of, uh, of First Street North, all the um, all the all of the retail space is now let. So we've got a number of there's, uh, the last new uh, restaurants opening uh, uh, in in a month or so. Um, so this is a place that people come to hang out. And, and uh, it's, the, the, the more restaurants that have opened and, on the site, uh, um, the more business we've done.
0: I think one of the th- nice things about the first street space is actually e- even on the restaurants in the F&B sector, they managed to keep a nice balance between the big chains you'd expect, the Pizza Expresses, and then um, fairly independent curry houses and various other things, yeah. which, which is a good way. You don't want it to just be absolutely corporate and the same as every other street in the sit- in this country.
1: No, absolutely. Uh, Com- completely agree and uh, the the, develop, uh, the developers and and the site owners are really focused on that they think that's where the value is i think in in making sure that it is it, it's not like everywhere else yeah. um
0: going back to the, the theater work you did because obviously the
1: the library theater
0: effectively had merged with you and had then stopped its own programming um mm-hmm. how does the theater offer you have now sit against the royal exchange with contact with Lowry? Uh, with all the other providers across the city,
1: um, it, it, it's a different offer. Um, we are uh, much more European in, in outlook, um, both in terms of the way that we operate. So, for example, we have an in-house dramaturg that works on on productions. Um, we um, uh, but the touring work that we take is is, is much more uh, aligned with our uh, visual arts and film work um, that, that than it is with uh, you know the classic canon of of UK and American and European uh, texts. So it's it, it, it it's it's more contemporary on the whole. Um, it's more engaged with um, political and social issues uh, uh, for, for the most part. And on the back of that, it's actually generated quite an interesting multi-generational audience where you'll find as many 18-year-olds sat next to 70-year-olds as you will 40-year-olds in the audience, which is a great place to be, but quite unusual. I mean, the good thing about... Working in this city is there's a great deal of collaboration between all those venues we mentioned. We we all talk together. We meet together once a month. We exchange notes on programmes. And we try very hard not to be doing the same thing. Um, and, And that's proved to be... Uh, uh, beneficial to all of us.
0: And I think that's something that um, people often don't understand, is that actually all the museums and the galleries talk together, all the theatres talk together and in fact all the cultural venues talk together generally um, there isn't competition between them um, and actually working with retail, working with hotels is something that makes everybody within all those different sectors understands they need to work together to, to get that offer right
1: across the city. Yeah, uh, completely, I mean Uh, It'd be wonderful if we'd reach market saturation and we were competing for individual members of the audience. Um, I think we've got a long way to go with
0: that yet. Well, I guess you keep growing the audience by actually programming
1: interesting stuff that brings in new people that have never been to theatre before. That's the plan. Um, uh, We we want to not only uh, bring in those audiences, but we also want to work... Uh, with, with theatre makers and visual artists and filmmakers who are not from the usual suspects in order to uh, diversify the range of work that we can see. So that's also an important part of what we do. You know, The whole, whole talent development thing is, is a really big part of the organisation's programme.
0: So looking back on the whole process, building home, coming into home,
1: um, was there anything you'd change? Um, I'd give myself a bit longer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but then maybe I wouldn't. But you know, the the um, the, the rate at which this happened was phenomenal. Uh, uh, less than five years from the first phone call to opening. Um, anything, anything different? Um, I might have gone for a slightly different configuration of the theatre um, in, the, in the early part of the process uh, to give us a bit more flexibility. Uh, theater Theater One is a traditional playhouse shape, and I might have made that a, a, more of a black box. But do you know it's fantastic? It's great. Uh, that's not a regret. Just I might have done it differently now. How does the building work with all those different things going on? Um, how does the building work? It's a mystery to me. I've got a fantastic operations <laughs> team. The, do, you, do you know we do over seven thousand events and screenings a year? Um, we're open uh, seven days a week, uh, from uh, nine in the morning till after midnight. Um, so uh, we've got a, a big flexible team. We were we were very worried about the size of the foyer areas because if 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 everything if if we sell out every event um, and every every space is full, we were worried that there would be carnage on the stairs as people try. You know. Yeah, because the foyer actually isn't that much bigger than the corner house foyer, is it? It's
0: probably double the size, double but the given size. the the size of the rest of the building is
1: what yeah. ten times the size. Yeah. Well. Something to do with the way that it's been designed. So long as we stagger our intervals, um, uh, we've never had a massive problem with uh, with the, w- you know, the foyer's working. So that's all been fine. Um, the uh, the other thing is, I remember uh, uh, going through the design period. I said, we've got far too many toilets. It's going to cost. You can us never a- have too many toilets. You know that. <laughs> uh, well, actually, we've actually got enough. Um, we haven't got too many, but we definitely got enough. Um, so that, that, that's been a, a, a massive relief, exclusive pun. Um, but, you know, that's that's, that's worked all right. Um, so there's, there's lots about the building that, that's, that's worked really well. Um, and in terms
0: of commercial activities, which obviously provide a major revenue stream, uh, again, you and I have worked with a building where um, if you wanted to have an evening event, then you had to be absolutely quiet and closing down the galleries from... Mid afternoon, Mm -hmm. Um, so you had one or the other as a solution. Mm -hmm. Um, Have you managed to fit in the commercial activities around all the creative programming?
1: Yeah, very definitely. I mean, we've uh, uh, the private hires for for things like uh, weddings, bar mitzvahs, uh, funerals. I'll I'll say that again. The the private hire business, like uh, for weddings, bar mitzvahs, funerals, corporate training days, briefing events. Private screens, those sort of things, has um, has actually gone through the roof. Um, we're doing almost hundred thousand pound a year, uh, doing almost hundred thousand pound a year, in, in, in that business. Um, plus, on top of that, the whole F and B side, the uh, it, we're taking double what we were doing at Corner House. Um, so, so that's Which presumably you didn't really expect. Um, we didn't expect that. No, uh, none of us expected that. Um, and in fact, it, it took us a little while. To get our head round how we service that, so when, for example, when we um, when we have a theatre performance on in Theatre One, um, we will uh, we, we recommend people book a table um, because we know how many t- how many tables we can service in that short gap from six o'clock to seven thirty start. Um, because we got it wrong in the first few weeks, without you know a full restaurant of two hundred and fifty people all wanting a pizza at the same time, or. Something else, and of course, the kitchen's not built for that. It's built for a staggered service over a period of time. So we we stagger the bookings when people, you know, and all that sort of stuff. So the systems are in place now. We know how to do that. Uh,
0: I remember going for a meeting. I can't remember what it was about at the Royal Opera House once, um, and and it was before a performance that evening, and everybody was already pouring out the champagne, which they then put cellophane over the top of for the interval drinks. <laughs> and it's like that's not quite the experience that I think people <laughs> are expecting that they're going to have. Um, yeah. Okay, moving slightly away from home. So you've been involved in the city's art scene for 30 years plus. Thanks for mentioning that. Uh, (laughs) What have been the
1: changes that you've seen in that time? Um, The major ones. (coughs) The major ones. Um, I've seen the city embrace... uh, I've seen the city embrace uh, uh, culture as part of its economic and social strategy in, in, in a way which... Uh, back in the late 80s, I didn't think it would have done. Um, it's been a gradual process, and gradual change is always better than... Do you think we l- relied a little bit too
0: much on youth culture to do everything for us, in terms of uh, being the attractor that brought people to the city at
1: that time? Um, I, we, I think we did rely a lot on youth culture. I mean, uh, uh, it was... The, uh, the, city felt pretty, sorry, the city felt pretty grim in, in, in the late 90s, and, and um, in fairness, a lot of the youth culture brought the sunshine in. Um, but I mean, you know, I I remember a time when in Manchester there was a library theatre company and the Royal Exchange. I re, I remember the reopening of the Palace Theatre. I remember the reopening of uh, of the Opera House uh, by Sir Bob Scott on the back of uh, of the Royal Exchange. Um, so there's been a growth there in in, in City Centre uh, theatre. There's been a redevelopment and a re engagement in terms of the visual arts world. Uh, uh, House only opened in 1985, um, and 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 that was that was because Sir Gerald Kaufman and uh, Sir Bob Scott both said, "Why can't we see the films we can see in London?" Here, you know, the, it, it was those sort of things. Um, so there has been a, a growth. I mean, I remember in 1992 um, when Glasgow was a European Capital of Culture and Birmingham was riding really high with. Um, Simon Rattle and everything that he was doing with the CBSO then, um, thinking God, it'd be great if it was like that in Manchester. Um, well, it is. It is now. It's taken us a while to get there, um, but um, but the thing is, that I think it's more sustainable perhaps than those big flash in the pan moments because the growth has been gradual, and um, it hasn't been led from the town hall. It's been led from the sector, and from the you know members of the corporate sector you know the, the involvement of people at Bruntwoods in, in the whole redevelopment of our, uh, uh, our uh, infrastructure for the arts in the city has been really important
0: yeah it 's helped that you've got certain companies like Bromwood who have had taken what a twenty thirty year view of their investment in playwriting and various other things as well yeah. and and public
1: art yeah and, and, and it 's it's, it's rare that doesn 't exist in many cities outside of London, and it doesn 't exist that much in London to take that sort of extended view uh, and to do it in a way that they 've done it so you know uh, they 're one example, but there are other companies as well in the, in, in the region who've, who've got involved enough Manchester airport's involvement in arts and culture has been phenomenally important.
0: And how now do you think we rank against, I mean, I know you travel a lot because I follow your Twitter and obviously <laughs> I get jealous of yet another photo of you in Venice or in <laughs> Milan or wherever it will be. Um, so how do we rank against other cities in, in UK and, and Europe in terms of that cultural offer?
1: Um I'm not a big fan of rankings, uh, Vaughan. I, I, I just want us to be as good as we can be. Um, I actually think the city's very good. I think we could be better. Um, I think we've got a lot to do in terms of reaching the more disadvantaged areas of our city, the more disadvantaged communities. Um, uh, we, we, we all want to get better at that. It'll be uh, and that'll be better for all of us. Doesn't matter what business we're in. So you know, I I don't want to. Com- I'm not a big fan of comparing. Uh, I, 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 you know, yeah, I, I think. Is I think any- I think we're good. Um, uh, there is, uh, but we can always get better. But we're a lot better than we were fifteen we're, years ago. We're <laughs> a lot better than we were fifteen years ago. No, no question about that.
0: Um, is there anything when you when you travel around that you see in other cities that you go? I wish we had that in Manchester, or wish wish we had one of those in Manchester.
1: Um, I was in uh, Montreal recently, and uh, looking at the level of. Investment in arts and culture there um, that was something to really uh, really strive for the facilities are, uh, are phenomenal a lot of that driven by the fact that within uh, quebec there's a big drive to protect and preserve the French language so they you know, do a lot of that now, i think uh, I think that is is a good thing the other thing i'd like to see more of in our city region in the whole of great Manchester is more film production um, we uh, we have apparently you've got the second most important um TV sector in Europe. See I'm doing that com- I said I don't like leak yeah, tables yeah, so yeah. I'm do- but I'm uh, I'm just I'm, I'm I'm quoting Alex Connick from uh, from Endemol Shine who said that. Um but the 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 we we we've, we've done a, a you know, it's we
0: very re- useful when you do press releases though isn't it? If it, you start with as you know Manchester um, is the second yes, one. Yes.
1: indeed. <laughs> um, yeah we don't we we do quite a lot with TV obviously and and we're also a location for many many films but I'd like to see more Film production um, you know coming out of our city and finding its way onto small and large screens um, uh, on the back of the fact that we 've got some fantastic indie TV producers like red productions based in the city
0: yeah because it 's not so more uh, so much anymore about doing the big blockbusters ne- necessarily uh, the development of content for social media is so huge and bringing in huge revenue um, so it's it's working at those
1: different levels yeah and that's why I think the um, the, uh, uh, the gr- the fact that the international screen skills being greenlit at um, at um, MMU is, is 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 really important, um, and we'll, that'll be an, a, a big step in the supply chain of talent in the region, both in terms of craft skills but also um, uh, art skills and you know, creative teams. Um,
0: when we talk about that improvement in the the range and the quality of uh, the cultural offer in Manchester, um, I mean we we're, we're deep into the international festival here. Um, what do you think? The impact of the international festival has been.
1: Um, I think the international festival has had a massive impact. I can, I, 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 honestly believe that home wouldn't have happened without it, uh, because uh, it, in, it enabled the city. It demonstrated to the city um, serious economic impact in in reaching markets that they wanted to get to that that they hadn't reached before with things like the Commonwealth Games. So I think uh, um, from our point of view, it's been it's been really critical. Um, it's quite interesting when I do go to other places around the world how um, the uh, the conversation um, is hasn't there are alternative aspects to the conversation about Manchester now other than Manchester United and Manchester City I hasten to add because depending where you are one of them is more prevalent um, but people have heard about some of the things that we do here uh, and and the narrative about this being a cultural city is really becoming pervasive in in, in places that I visit. Um, with uh, and uh, quite often with opinion farmers, which is useful.
0: It, it's interesting that with the International Festival, and I think also with uh, Future Everything, um, that both of those are festivals that sometimes you speak to people overseas who've more heard of them and have heard more about them rather and uh, are more enthusiastic about them than possibly your ordinary person on the uh,
1: cross. City um, Metro, well, that's possibly true. Um, the uh, I think the programme this year for the international festival, uh, the new artistic director John McGrath is definitely bringing it closer to Manchester. There's and he
0: knows the city because he was at Contact for a number of years, which was really important for the city.
1: Indeed, and John was actually fundamental in in in. in uh, being part of a small group of cultural leaders uh, 10 years ago in the city, responding to the first festival, Who said, do you know what, this has just raised the bar, we need to get better. Um, and, and that brought a lot of change at Corner House and, and other organisations in the city. And that was the start of a renaissance, because you know, we, 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 we took a look at what the, what the International Festival was doing and thinking, "Yep, yeah, the world's just changed, we all need to get better.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that was one of the uh,
1: the sparks from the first international festival that every sector within the
0: arts suddenly started having meetings. And once you got past the bitching, um, <laughs> then it became, oh, my goodness, what are we going to do to match up to that? And certainly, obviously, I was in, in the gallery and museum sector at that time. We were very lucky in that sector that within about eight months after the international festival, we got Maria Bullshaw and Nick Merriman coming in, who... Uh, were world-class museum directors and certainly drove forward that sector. But then you saw the capital investment in the New People's History Museum and all the, all the various other things that were going on. Um, so as a catalyst and as a challenge to everybody else in the city, I think one of the things at the time was a lot of people look, looked at the festival, had a bit of a whinge about what was being requested of them if they were using the space. But actually, it was then a, no, we can't do that. We're going to have to live up to this. And, and how are we actually going to improve? Yeah,
1: absolutely. We... Uh, we at corners at the time we 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 looked at it and said, "Well we can either moan about this or we can actually make work that's good enough to get in it and 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 that's that's the route to improvement so every every so often the tectonic plates need to shift, don't they um, and, and actually uh, the International Festival was part of that change. I remember when the City Council first started talking about a, 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 an arts festival for the city, um, I was amongst a, a group of artistic directors from arts organisations of the city, and we all said, oh, God, no, because they said, we need a festival like Edinburgh. Now, what I hadn't realised is they weren't saying, like Edinburgh, they are saying, got a festival, we should have one. They weren't saying it should be like Edinburgh's festival, but that was the interpretation. And when Alex Poots turned up and said... Um, actually, I want to do a festival of new commissions, 14 new commissions, you know, I immediately said, fantastic. That is, that's, nobody's doing that. That's different. You're also insane because doing one new commission is really hard. Doing a festival full of new commissions is really difficult. But he pulled it off.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I I think it's been one of the things that's uh, had a huge impact on the scene in the city over the the last 15 years. Um, What else needs to be done?
1: What... um, we need to reach outside of the city centre and um, more effectively to the outlying boroughs because uh, I live in Thameside and the people near where I live who think going to Ashland aligns the Wild West, um, and let alone coming into the city centre. So some of those, getting people more mobile is important. Um, but also getting to, uh, I think I mentioned earlier, disadvantaged communities in the city so that they feel part of what we're doing. Uh, developing more talent, uh, that's important. We've got Factory Coming, which is uh, a big national project that's happening in our city. That'll draw people from around uh, the whole of the country. Um, so I'm keeping fingers crossed that our transport networks get better on the back of that um, so that people um, can get here. So there's, there's still a lot to do. Um, there are there are some gaps, I think, around film production uh, that, that, that need, need, need filling. We need to make sure we protect our live music venues and keep them going, because that's obviously uh, one of the things that it's potentially uh, difficult to sustain given the way that the economy is and that whole thing about nighttime economies and stuff. So, no, there's lots to do. Um, and uh, there's a lot of space to, do, to, to to develop as yet. Cool. And and finally, what's next for you?
0: Is there one more big project you want to do?
1: Um, uh, well, one more big project is to make this place really successful. Um, I think um, this is the best job that i've i I, I think this is the best job in the arts in the uk i would say that wouldn't i but i do um and i'm really enjoying working with our artists and our communities and taking this to the next level in the next four years are very much focused about what this organization can do for the city region and uh, i'm looking forward to that challenge
0: so what are the big things coming up for home
1: um well we've got some uh a couple of big commissions at the International Festival um, with Thomas Ostermeyer and the Shia a piece called Return to Ream, which um, has got Nina Hoss in it from, uh, from Homeland, and that's that's really exciting because it's a really interesting piece about the the world that we're in at the moment, um, and the writer Didier Ederbon's, um response as a working class guy who became a French intellectual, the parallels are very... You know, very interesting with with, with, with stuff in the UK Um, then Phil Collins at the end of that at the end of the festival with uh, ceremony the very final big public event where we're planting a statue statue of Friedrich Engels on Anthony Wilson uh, sorry Tony Wilson Place Tony Tony Wilson Place outside the building here Um, uh, I sort of think Tony would be quite pleased about that Is that a permanent statue? Yeah permanent statue Um, and then uh, over the summer um, we've given the, uh, the whole of our building over to a team of 20 young people through August um, called Project X, And they're doing a project called This is Human. So they've been given the keys to the building, basically, to do the program themselves. So they're, yeah. Well, it's quite interesting. Sorry, I made a silent face then. Silent face is the right one, because it was quite interesting. When they first started working on this, this time last year, um, the the sort of thing, the scope of what they wanted to do was huge. But gradually, as they've worked through it, without us having to do anything, they've realized what a big job that is. So they've learned a huge amount, and actually we've got some very exciting creative talents in this in this project. So that's during August, and then we kick off in 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 the uh, in the autumn. Uh, over the autumn, the, the big thing over the autumn is a season around. Um, uh, it's called a, a revolution betrayed, which is a season of work reflecting on the Russian Revolution, the centenary of the Russian Revolution. Um, it's definitely not a hagiography. <laughs> Over so is that theatre work or across It's theatre forms? work, visual art and film. So okay, there's some seasons, uh, uh, it's over the whole of the autumn. And then a really interesting alternative Christmas, um, Hot Brown Honeys, um, who are a, a group of about eight Aboriginal um, women from uh, Australia who do this sort of cabaret oblique circus, which is completely outrageous. So if you don't want to do a pantomime and you want an adult night out, and you want something that's going to be re- funny and entertaining we are the so political is, is that running for a few nights yeah it's running re- it's re- right over, o- over Christmas
0: the corner house. Ha- oh, sorry the home <laughs> equivalent to a pantomime indeed <laughs> thank you very
1: much Dave thanks Vaughan.
0: Uh Cottonmouth Manchester is available from all good podcast services if you have any comments or ideas for things to cover in the future you can talk to us on Twitter at Cottonmouth MCR thank you very much